1: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello, fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toon Arries podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Ron is on the deck, so how you Hi, Hi, Ron. And our guest today is Pat Divilly. What's up, lads? Great to have you here, Pat. You're in Cork because you're doing a workshop tomorrow night in the Clayton Hotel. Yes, indeed, yeah. Cork,
3: Cork's one of my favourite places, actually, to come for these workshops. That's always a I used to say podcast. that everywhere, I do. I say <laughs> Belfast. Actually, I forgot that this will go national, yeah. I say this from time to time. Belf- Belfast and Cork. Genuinely, Belfast and Cork.
2: Yeah, I've never been up north, but I'm going to Derry in a couple of days for a couple of nights, and I'm looking forward to that at a conference up there as well, but i um, your, what's your workshops like?
3: Uh, They've kind of changed. And it was, uh, you know, it's two and a half years since I've done them. So I think pre-pandemic, it was more kind of coaching and um, a lot of self-talk stuff and like th- stuff like that. But um, the studies I've done with Gabor Mate over the last year and trauma release work that I've done and kind of the direction I've gone mm-hmm. in my own life has informed, I suppose, now it's a bit more therapeutic. So it's almost mm-hmm. like, I won't say group therapy, but it's giving people tools for self-soothing and questioning their dialogues and stuff like that so it's changing all the time but really it's around how can people be armed with tools to support change and Mm. a question I ask you'll see it tomorrow is who in the room is going through change and I'll have people close their eyes every hand in the room goes up and I say open your eyes and look around and it's kind of oh Mm. change is always happening yeah. you don't know
2: Timmy. he'll be the only one to <laughs> his hand down I'll teach him <laughs>
3: yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> who,
4: um, who is Pat Divoli? who is Pat Divoli where does he come from
3: I'm from Gal- well I'm from Limerick actually originally mm. I'm from Raheen and uh, we lived in Galway moved to Galway when I was young so moved around a lot um, I was bullied quite a bit as a young lad and again from doing Gabor Mate work you come mm. to see how influential those early memories yeah. are so that's kind of left me with a part of me that still believes I don't fit in and I'm mm. not enough and, mm. you know, all these kind of... Yeah.
2: Can I give you, you, know, you my, my first impressions from meeting you? Tell me. Um, Quite shy. Yeah. And kind of introverted a little bit. Yeah. Were you like that as a kid? Uh, I'm curious. Know, I'm always... I always wonder,
3: you know, I think some things happen and there's almost a split that happens. There's almost mm. a part mm. of us that goes and hides away. Yeah. So I don't know if I was all that introverted. i say I was dancing and singing around the house until yeah. I learned that it wasn't safe to, to do that anymore. You know, yeah, there's something yeah. that happens and you kind of develop this story that for me to be safe in the world, I need to hide that part of myself and that part and that yeah. part. But I am an introvert at nature and by nature. Yeah. Um, and
4: so am I. Are you?
3: Yeah. Uh. Where would you put yourself, James? Same.
2: Yeah. I've got mm. way more confidence doing this sto- type of stuff though. Mm. Like... um, at the Tommy and show was a big thing for me to do and I said no the first time because of like the thought of it but when I did that and then do you know what it was do you know when you're accepted by people for who you are mm. then you kind of like what, what's the big worry why are you worried about James nobody really cares people accept you for who you are mm. you don't have to be anything other than yourself and then doing different types of media and doing the podcast and meeting everything and getting positive feedback from people people come up on the street and say they like what you do and they can relate with you then it's like i just feel more confident now mm. do you know what i mean but my default was always shoulders up head down do you know try not to do you know, stand out at all do you know what i mean yeah. i always say like um the first time i went to a narcotics anonymous meeting i was so insecure that when i went into the meeting i sat in the corner with my jacket on and after about 10 minutes i was sweating Did i got my jacket hell no for the fear somebody would actually look at me yeah. that was how insecure yeah. i was the next time I take out my jacket the next time I open my mouth and I say hi to somebody and you build it mm. and like you you have your book there and it's around you know um the narratives we have mm. and then the narrative that you're no good or if, if you open your mouth you're going to start stutter or you've not an intelligent to say so say nothing then you get a little bit of control and everything, you, you know what that's actually not me at all yeah. I'm, I'm well able to speak mm. I'm very confident man people are interested in what I have to say yeah, but yeah. that's the skill that you develop over time
3: yeah And funny that you talk about uh, that first meeting. I remember going to Tony Robbins like 10 years ago and there was 5,000 people in the room. And I wouldn't really be into Tony Robbins stuff anymore. But 10 years ago in New York, 5,000 people in the room. I was that insecure and that shy that he said, I'm going to bring someone up on stage. And he was like, bring me, bring me. (laughs) And I ran to the toilet and said, I'm going to hide in the toilet for the next 20 minutes in case he picks me out of 5,000 people in the cheapest seats in the house. But.
2: Now it's kind of what I do for a living. So Some crack to see Tony's big monster's hand come (laughs) over the toilet toilet door. (laughs) Stop hiding, boy. He's a big dude,
3: isn't he? Yeah, he's a monster, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He's a scary man, I'd say. But he's a gentleman as well. a big, gentle giant.
3: Yeah, it was interesting to be in that room, having read his books when I was a teenager. I got into the self-help stuff really early. Mm. And kind of 15 years later, ending up in the room and he's just a different you know, the books are obviously fairly PG and then you come in the room and he's effing and he's blinding and he's mm. he's trying to change your stage and shake you up. And yeah, it was an interesting weekend. It was that weekend that led me to step away from the fitness industry, what which is what I was doing at the time and kind of step into mm. the speaking. So
2: Was sport a big part of your life? Yeah. You're I think very fit looking still. Oh. <laughs> we always fit.
3: Um, It was, I think we all find ways of, of, of uh, fitting in, I suppose, when we're young. And so for me, martial arts and weights were my two things that i went to as a teenager judo mixed martial arts thai boxing i went out to the states when i was 18 to try and become a cage fighter so i spent two summers out there and um that's how good that's how i got into the fitness so i was doing the the martial arts i was doing the weight training as a teenager went to america at 18 2006 And uh, met the likes of Dominic Cruz and some of these guys that are in the Mm. UFC now and was training and living with these guys. But I was no good, (laughs) genuinely no good. Mm. It was just a dreamer. Uh, But I met a mentor out there who was uh, 10 years older than me and was swinging around kettlebells and doing all this fitness stuff. And he had such belief in me and I I would speak to him every day and he just didn't believe in himself. And I didn't realize at the time how much of a dark time he was going through Mm. and he ended up taking his life. And that, that woke me up and I sort of said... I want to be a fitness guy. I want to do what Eric did, and that got me into the fitness stuff mm. when I came home to Ireland. So it's funny how these people can influence you in life, know. you know,
4: massively. But you sound like somebody who, who has consistency in in their life. You you like to be in martial arts and to be the best at it, be be good at it. There's consistency. It's just big thing. Would
3: you be very consistent? I found that over time, I wasn't any good at martial arts as a teenager. I liked the idea of it more than I I liked it, mm. and I I enjoyed. I enjoyed certain aspects of it i was very consistent with the gym and weights and things like that because it was giving me something but i think i was briefly saying to you before timmy that i feel like we have these narratives of i'm Mm -hmm. consistent or inconsistent for me i'm very consistent in the things that i really enjoy yeah Uh, but there's a lot i'm not very consistent with doing my accounts or or coming back to emails Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but put the things I love in front of me and I'm consistent I'm organised I'm mm. tidy put the things I don't like in front of me I'm disorganised I'm unor- you know all these mm. things so. what
2: was it like training with Dominic Cruz and them? like Dominic Cruz is like elite as they come like he was bantamweight champion for years yeah. in the UFC
3: it was him and War Machine I don't know if you remember War Machine was a controversial character that he's in jail now for the rest of his life Jeez. Uh but sure, I was naive. I went out and I was 18 and I walked up to war machine on the first day and I said, do you want to spar? And luckily, he had an, he had an injured hand because he would have <laughs> <laughs> killed me. And then I went up to cruise and I said, do you want to spar? And he spared me. So uh, it, was, it was cool. It was, I mean, it's amazing to see how well they've done because you talk about consistency. These guys were consistent three times a day, every day for 10 years. I mean, I came home, I went different directions in life, but they didn't stop and now they're at and that level. Th-
2: that's the yeah. one sport where like, there's no hiding plastic. No. There's no breeders in MMA. Like, you're not getting rests, you know. Like, if you if you go to the ground, or on the ground after you. So, mm-hmm. whereas in boxing, you can take the knee, get your count, get your bear, there's you no know, go to the corner. But in MMA, when you're on the ground, mm-hmm. they're down on top, yeah. So, like, if, if he's training three times a day for 10 years and you're half arse it, like, you're fucked, like,
5: really, yeah, like.
4: Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Pat, it's just bringing you back, it's more of a there. So, you grew up in Limerick. Yeah. yeah. And um, from Limerick, how was school and, and everything else?
3: I was bullied a lot as a young man so like first couple of days of school started getting bullied and then we moved around quite a bit so a couple of houses in limerick couple of houses in galway so i always wonder looking back you know did i make it out to be bigger than it was in my mm. head but it definitely shaped how i saw the world and how i saw myself so mm. i think that stemmed a lot of my later achievements in a funny way that i kind of had this narrative of if i achieve things people will believe in me mm. and so a lot of my Twenties. I'm thirty-four now. My twenties were this relentless pursuit of success, and I grew a very big business in fitness. I built a gym. I, I had eight hundred online clients a month. We raised a quarter of a million for charity. It was just this relentless pursuit, and ended up on the Late Late Show. Oh,
5: show? Eight
3: hundred a month. Um, That's I mean, a it, massive number. It was nuts. It was. I think I would say it was the first Irish guy doing online training at scale. Um, How did you get that big, Pat? So we started these classes. I had lived in Dublin when I was 22 to 24. I'd come out of college as kind of the worst of a recession, and I had done a master's mm. in exercise and nutrition science. And that was a, a miracle in itself, you know, that I, I wanted to drop out of school at 15, 16. Mm. And uh, I got a job up in Dublin, so I moved to Dublin, and I thought, right, here's my chance to go up and become a big deal. You know, again, that insecurity was kind of sparking this, people in Galway are gonna believe in me someday. Mm. Sure, nobody cared in Galway, yeah. you know, it's all, all in my head as a young man. Um, and I got fired from the gym I was working in. I was working in one of those gyms where the, you stand on the machine and it vibrates, you know, and I was fa- <laughs> I was fairly <laughs> blunt about what I thought of them. Uh-huh. So I was fired and I walked out the door and I said, I'll show her, I'll show her. And I tried to get a, a fitness business off the ground up there, but really struggled. Uh, just, I didn't know anyone up in Dublin, mm-hmm. didn't have the contacts, didn't have the experience to run a business. But I didn't want to come back to Galway with my tail between my legs. So sort of just grinded away for 18 months working in clothes shops and doing different things. But... I was really struggling with my mental health at that time. And, and I had a lot of shame thinking, mm. you know, my parents helped me get through college. My parents have been supportive. I'm 22 now. I should be able to like support myself. And ultimately I came home Christmas Eve, 2012 borrowed money from my dad for the bus back and, and wailed on the bus home. It didn't, you know, mm. um, usually when you get the bus home from Dublin to your hometown, you meet people, you know, but I don't know who was on the bus cause I was that mm. somber and, and sad. And, uh, Spent a couple of months working a pizza shop, all a bit lost, really depressed, struggling. And uh, eventually my dad kind of gave me a bit of tough love, which which was much needed. He said, you know, half of your problem is you're obsessed with your own problems. Uh, and that's that's what's making you depressed. You know, you're thinking of yourself, your problems, your challenges. He said, if you went out and helped people, things would quickly change for you. And my mentality was, "Jeez, I can't get out of bed. How am I going to help anyone? You know, yeah. I can barely help myself. But I I started giving free fitness plans and um, it gave me a bit of purpose for the first time in a long time. And, and three months later, a fellow messaged me, he said, you haven't asked for this, but here's a before and after picture from the plan that you gave me. And he had lost a load of weight and I put it online and I said, I'm teaching classes now on the local beach. And five people showed up in the first morning and that kind of changed my life. And within three months, there was 100 people coming to the beach. And within a year, there was 500 people coming to my gym that I had built and um the, the online stuff kind of sparked from a lot of my generation had gone to Australia and Canada and America yeah, and they're looking Australia. at the beach and Galway they're saying why are people training in the piss and rain and we had this community that was amazing so they wanted to get involved and just put it online and, and um,
2: big I mean, Irish community in Australia watched this podcast yeah we, we get our analytics a lot of big community yeah. in Port and Sydney uh, mainly nice. but, um, tell
3: you what we should do ourselves we, mm-hmm. sh- we should all go out and we should get a few others to go out and do a podcast tour out in Australia at yeah. some stage oh, what? you could yeah.
2: actually that's a great idea mm-hmm. Definitely. yeah. Will we get in with criminal records? In, yeah. Introsing a porn swim across. <laughs> 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 you got the fitness trainer here, yeah. you can barely swim though.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose things do, going back to what you said there, like things something happened in my life there this week where my my past came up in, in, in something and um the person that was dealing with it turned around and said, Hold up, no one sec, right. Let me send you a few links and a few newspaper articles. Of what he's doing now in his life, and the company changed their mind, and um, my past didn't didn't bother him anymore. And, and we went down and we done some form of business w- with it because mm. of, because of that, mm. because of they they see the changes in my life today, you know, and, and I think. Yeah. going to a country like that if 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 governments or whoever's over whoever comes into the country and you know, all these i don't
2: think just the matter problem. of going to the embassy we make a great case like because it's not like oh we're after <laughs> stopping committing crime and it's on a whim like we've done so much in the meantime, and here's yeah. evidence. Do you know what I mean? So this is not on a whim, do you know. We'll so, w- we'll,
4: w- we'll put that tour on hold until we get <laughs> that <laughs> uh, 2023. But I think, yeah. I think it'd be brilliant for I us to go and do yeah. yeah, a tour in Australia. I think idea. they'd
2: like the yeah. Irish people to get behind us over there, and we'd have a great crack. Yeah. Yeah. get the talking bollocks lads down there. So yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Have you been on that
4: podcast with the yeah, lads? Yeah,
3: yeah, just uh, a few months ago. So their characters,
4: they're doing great work as well, you know, yeah, so
2: yeah, so yeah. Podcasting's yeah. big in Ireland at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's great, isn't it? I Good
5: mean off your own.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um I've had mine now a couple of years, two hundred and fifty episodes and part of it was just to get comfortable public speaking and to kind of uh it's easy as a speaker if that's your profession to kind of find a find a talk that works and just do the same thing again and again and again so i almost wanted to be putting out new content every week mm-hmm. and have people come to a talk then that i do that i do live and not be hearing the same stuff so it's almost to tr- stretch myself difficult that way, um, isn't that? yeah but it, it, it helps i like to like it's a good way of learning right to to, yeah. to study and then kind of pass on in your own mm-hmm. language yeah uh, what you've learned, yeah.
4: So, your full time job mm. these days, Pat, is mm. content?
3: Um, yeah, I'll do the podcast and then I, I do a lot of corporate work around kind of stress management, the mind body connection. So, you know, I came from the fitness space and then moved a lot into coaching and then into sort of um, looking at the nervous system has been a big thing in recent yeah. years. So, like likes Bessel and Gabor and these guys that y- you've had on, looking at their work. And um, I run men's groups. I do a lot of different things. Uh, What's the, the fitness industry for? What did I leave it for? Why? It was
2: going so well for you. Do Do you
3: know what happened? was, um, I did the late, late, and that was kind of it had come full circle at that stage. I'm sure no more than yourselves being Irish and getting on the late, late show. It's a pinnacle leg, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's something special. But Mm. uh, there was always this I'll be happy when story that I had. And it was I'll be happy when I have a gym, I'll be happy when I have 100 clients, 200 clients, I'll be happy. And I got to lay later, I said, Jesus, I've got the house and the car and I, you know, I'd done everything I thought that would, it was the first time in my life where there was nothing I could point to and say, that's why I'm depressed Mm -hmm. or that's why I'm sad, but I I couldn't sleep, I was stressed, Mm -hmm. I was anxious, there was nothing on paper that that I could point to for for my struggles and then there was guilt and shame because I should be grateful and just a a bit stuck and I think I recognised something needed to change. I felt like a bit of an imposter to be teaching people wellness when I didn't feel well. I, 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 something needed to change. And my, m- my experience of, of struggles with my own mental health, and this is not to speak for anyone else, but sometimes I feel like my struggles are trying to hold on to who I was yesterday uh, and not being willing to kind of step into something new. Mm. Like this change that I mentioned is always happening and life's always asking me to like, Lean in to something new, mm. but my ego has got pictures mm-hmm. of where I should be, and I think it's that battle for me that's sometimes difficult. So there's yeah. a lot of tension there for me with knowing I wasn't enjoying the fitness anymore. My passion had turned into something that was kind of all-consuming and, and wasn't enjoyable. I was bored. I was not being challenged. All of this was going on, um, but I was afraid to let go because it was uh, you know it was good money and it was it was it was my e- e- it was how I was seen. I was getting a lot of validation. Mm. Um, but eventually, I just knew kind of I needed to transition into something interesting for me.
2: Had you a partner in the gym? Had you got a girlfriend? Or, a
3: uh, or? I had a partner at the time. but no, I had a couple of guys working for me. I all my friends working for me. So that was great too. You know, five guys i grew up with working for me. And just that Just that work, <laughs> <Don't> just <laughs> that work. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day. I, I used to tell the boys we're like a boy band. If you find a girlfriend, don't tell anyone you've got a girlfriend because. Uh, that was great and yeah. the, and you know it's funny it was uh, my friend jeff was on work experience i think he was only 22 at the time and i said i don't want to do this anymore do you want the gym and, he, uh, and so he took over the gym and put his name above the door and he did it for a while and i uh i, s- I had been doing some talks and stuff at that stage and uh yeah for the last probably six seven years since then just hundreds of talks and retreats and seminars and corporate sessions and um yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a was
2: train. it after the Late Late Show you started getting requests to do the talks or was there a little bit of that beforehand?
3: A little bit before, remember my first talk I had 10 slides for 10 minutes, I said right I'll have a slideshow with 10 slides and if I get lost I'll just spend a minute on each slide and it worked so I survived. And my second show, I had 60 slides for 60 minutes and the slideshow broke and I had to speak from the heart for an hour. Oh I somehow God. did a 60 minute talk in 15 minutes and I was just stood there like a prick. Does <laughs> 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 <So is> anyone, <laughs> any questions and spoke from the heart? Cause there was nowhere else to speak from at mm. that stage. And mm. it, it just seems to connect on some level. And, um, yeah, I used to do small little workshops for my clients, you know, on goal setting and stuff like that. And then it transitioned into full day workshops and retreats. And
2: it's just based on what I'm learning.
3: And, um, yeah, develops all the time. It used yeah. to be very mental, now it's kind of emotional and spiritual. What kind of
2: training have you done post the fitness industry? Ah, oh,
3: I've had l- a lot of different diplomas in cognitive behavioural therapy, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, meditation, uh, did my yoga teacher training, breath work, uh, Gabor's compassionate inquiry training, trauma release therapy, um, lots, of, lots of different uh, pieces. Do you do one-to-one work with people? Not a lot. Um... It's something I'd probably get into again at some stage, but I just find, for me, my focus is on um, studying and and researching almost. Like I, I was, n- I didn't feel academic when mm. I was younger, but I just enjoy studying. And I, where I see my space is to go and study these guys and bring it back to my population. And yeah. kind of same as yourselves, I think in some but ways. You're
4: obviously going through the, the like you, you're obviously going through the therapy yourself, and you're looking at your own stuff. Yeah. And it's helping you to heal along the way as well. Yeah. You know, you you, you spoke about the trauma release therapy there. And I do know, is that Bessel van, van der Kolk or, or um, Gabriel Mathe? But, like, those two guys, they're, um, they're at the front when it comes down to telling people how to heal. And, and And everybody needs to understand that we heal from within, not from without. Within And I've, I've learned that myself, you know, because I was consistently just running around trying to find so many different things. I'm actually doing EMDR at the moment. Oh, nice. And, and it's, it's, you know, when you put something on your foot and it just works perfectly. Yeah. That's what it's like. Nice. Because I'm really, really enjoying it and it's working perfectly for me at the moment and, and I'm going to keep going with it because I've stopped with the story the mm. stories have to be told that, that side of the stories have to be told too many times. And it's, it's it's time now to heal that trapped emotional stuff yeah. from from different situations in, in, in my life and, and experiences and and beliefs and all these different things. it's quite similar to your own work and um but how does somebody that's listening to to this here what the the Gabriel course, what's what's that about? So Gabor's
3: piece is Compassionate Inquiry, so that's, okay. a, a, a lot of Gabor's work is about coming into the body, and yeah. kind of like you're saying there, noticing not just the story, because that's in our heads, mm-hmm. but what's the emotional reaction, what do you notice in your body, so, you know, someone might come in, a, come in and say, you know, I'm, I'm really triggered by my partner, and... Um, they're driving me daft and very quickly gabor will ask them to come into the body and notice what's happening for you so i notice my chest is tight my breath is shallow and my tummy's kind of wrenching and he might ask them what's the emotion behind that and you say oh i feel sad or i feel angry so it's about going below the story as you mm-hmm. say because we can get caught up in these narratives and just going around in circles and judgments and sort of just caught in the head and leaving the body and you know it's not directly gabor related but my belief is that our emotions are a collection of physical sensations in the body so again fear maybe is tightness in the chest constriction in my throat It's different all the time mm. but i give it a name so i say i'm fearful or i'm scared and then i go to my head to try and figure out how i'm scared and how i cannot be scared so i've gone from my body to my head and i've, isca- I've left my body basically and i'm living in my head sometimes the, all the fear needs is just a bit of space to like take a couple of breaths in that place allow it to be where it is rather than pushing it down you know a lot of emotional suppression Um and then maybe working with the fear, again, staying out of the head and mm. asking that fearful part of me, what do you want me to know? If you had a voice, what would you say? So Gabor stuff kind of ties in with that, linking the body and mind, mm. seeing, again, the body keeps a score. You know, we hear this yeah. language, but it, it's, it's very true. And then going back to your youth and, and, and recognizing that any of the beliefs that we hold, particularly inner critic, that's a lot of inner child stuff, usually. The things we tell ourselves about ourselves that we don't like, I don't fit in, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough. Generally, we heard that somewhere along the line and internalized it.
2: Um, the first time I've yeah. ever heard of inner critic and uh, the, the inner child was when I was in the treatment center in Carlaw in uh, 2013, in St. Francis Farm, and we got a seminar from one of the counselors. He used to do um, seminars every Friday afternoon. You know, you'd have a lot of intense groups Monday to Friday, but on a Friday afternoon, it was like a cup of tea seminar, it was usually entertaining, but it was on uh, transactional analysis which is a theory by Eric Bourne mm-hmm. psychologist. Blind Boy did two good podcasts on trans- transactional analysis, kind of and, that, yeah. and he really explains it well better than I'm going to. But he basically, it was like uh, we respond to things from three different levels: the critical parent, or the afraid child, or the adult, mm. right? And we go around, you know, like to go about your day-to-day business, you need to be in your adult side of your brain, you know, because mm-hmm. like you, if you if you go into um, work right and you've um, you've an authoritative boss or a strict boss or a cranky boss and he starts talking don't you giving out you you if you go into that child you can throw a tantrum or something like that mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so like if he's in the critical parent and you go into the scared child or the tantrum child that that's not going to work so if he's there you have to try and stay at other levels uh, and we go about HR route I will go about it that way, you know. But um the best example I can give, like it's grand being in the adult mode when you're in work, but you know, if you go home for Christmas dinner, <laughs> right, and you and you're going have to do all this personal development and you're like, right, I have to do my EMDR, all these trainings, I'm not going to get caught up in the dynamics at home. But you know, as soon as you open that door, when you sit down that kitchen table, your sister is next to you, your brother is yeah. there, your mum is there, your dad is there, you will go into that role mm-hmm. of the tantrum child and she'll go into the role of the strict parent and you've no control over her <laughs> and it's only afterwards when you leave you're like fucking hell do you know yeah. what I mean but that's basic response you know but it, the inner critic was the, the one the point I wanted to the talk about was I thought about inner critic and the inner critic I thought was just me it was just like that was who I was hmm. do you know don't take off your jacket everybody's going to look at you look at the stadia um, don't be talking you're not even going to be able to speak do you know That's what I thought I was, but when I heard that that's inner critic and you can get control over that, that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Because then I began to think like, that's just a part of me, but that's not who I am. You know what I mean? And then just—it's not
4: even its actually not even a part of who you are. But
2: you know, in addiction, it's conditioning. when you've been bullied, or when you're in addiction and all mm. the stigma and stuff like that, that's a very old part, yeah. yeah. Mm. But as you get a little bit better in yourself, mm. you can get a kind of more control over, can't yeah. you? It's, 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 it's about
4: notice, isn't it?
3: Pat? Yeah, and I think I think another piece that I've learned is you know we can have a tendency to want to get rid of these parts because we say, "Jesus, this is holding me back," and so we try to almost cut off a part of ourselves. When in reality, it's about welcoming them back and kind mm. of getting to know them. So asking my inner critic, "What are you afraid is going to happen if you?" disappear and they might say well geez you're going to push yourself out there pat and people could make fun of you oh, okay that makes sense that's why you're keeping me yeah. back a little bit is there a way i can make you feel safe and i'll speak to that part to myself and they'll yeah. say okay well maybe take off your jacket and yeah. scope the room and put it back on if you feel comfortable So i think um mm. it's almost negotiating with ourselves and and just another quick piece on on you mentioning like the different parts the the, the wounded part the wounded child or right. the adult or What's been really interesting for me the last couple of months in studying is, again, this mind-body connection is that when we're in a stressed state, Uh, When I'm experiencing stress in my body, so fast heart rate, shallow breath, tension in my muscles, when I'm picking up cues of danger, and that could be anything from my ex walking into the room to a smell of smoke and thinking there's a fire. Anytime my body feels stressed, positive thinking is almost a waste of time because the body is informing my mind that we're in trouble here. So to get into that adult part, I have to come into my body first, Mm, waste my time trying to think myself positive. We've tried to think, outthink anxiety, so slow breathing. Feeling my feet on the ground Looking around me for signs of safety And when Mm -hmm. I'm safe in my body My mind can go And open you know
4: That's a great tip It's actually That's what I do myself all the time You know Exactly what you say Even if If it's in in, For me it might be Impatience It might be Fear Guilt Shame Mm -hmm. And if it's If I'm consumed with And You know if you're thinking fear, you're going to have more fearful thoughts. You're going to pick the worst-case scenario that's going to happen in life. You know, that's going to be here. But if you can just drop down, because it's very hard to get over that, but you have to understand this. Mm. You have to know yourself. You have to ask yourself, tell yourself, right, this happened before. How long did my head think like this? How long did I feel like this? It maybe took an hour, maybe two hours. Right, mm. that's grand. We know we're going to be like this for the next hour or so. Mm. I, what do I do? I drop. I feel it. Right? And this is an analogy I, I use for me. Right? And I learned this a long time ago. If I'm arguing with a neighbor, a really, really angry neighbor next door to me, and it's tit for tat, and if I keep going back and forth and back and forth, and she's giving out and I'm giving out, and, but if I stand there and if I just feel it and say, it's okay it's okay, there's no problem, it's okay. Mm. She's not fighting with no one. She's not, her own, like, anger isn't being raised because I'm back, yeah, oh, who do you think you are? Nothing like that. Mm. She's relaxed. And that's what happens. Is you have to realise, and it's actually not even about fighting with your neighbors. it's about fighting with your own head. Yeah. you know, It's about feeling mm. it and understanding when stuff comes up for you that give it an hour give it or some. you have to know the time periods of stuff you know if something comes off someone said something about you
5: Oh, my life
4: is over what's yeah. going to happen to me you know understand that you're picturing the worst case scenario ever you know because you're living in fear know that that's how you're going to be for the next few hours and start telling yourself that's not even true mm-hmm. what? where am I going Look, watch the head watch the head where's the head going you know and then breathe and feel it in the body because it's it's quite. It's, there's no other there's not a better way to be more mindful in mm. life than to step into that emotion because that emotion is there to be freed it's there to be loved it's there to be cared for it's a part of you
2: I think there was, uh, was it was you you asked Bessel van der Kolk or else Gabamat, it was about um why do I have this part of me that's always shameful or always afraid or something like that? And he says, I think he said, uh, no, ask yourself, like, that, that. you're after surviving to this far with that part of you. Mm. That That part of you is actually an asset to you. So it was like what you said there, invite him into the room. Yeah. Figure out, like, w- w- why are you here for now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you're not needed as much as you used to be. But that actually helped you survive mm. to where you are and just become a friendly with it. Yeah. Dick
3: Swartz from IFS. I don't know if you've come across internal family systems. It's a good little system, but it's it's this idea that we had exiled parts, which is the parts of us that got overwhelmed and almost frozen. time. so the mm. bullied little boy, the overwhelmed uh, little girl, whatever it might be, and then the protectors come in. So the protective characters, so the people pleaser, the overachiever, um, the shameful part, the fearful part. These guys come in and um, he talks about all these different parts and he says they all have qualities the problem is you don't want them driving the bus you give them a seat on the bus but you mm. don't want them driving the bus because mm. the bus drives well if the kind of adult part that we mentioned earlier yeah. is in control but when we get stressed typically the body feels under danger and these guys jump to the front so the people pleaser jumps out and says love me please love me mm-hmm. please love me and he's driving the bus so it's mm. keeping the
4: keeping stuff online that's a great way to explain is she she's she's still, still she's alive?
3: Richard yeah, Schwartz he's good I had him on my podcast last year you, you, oh, You'd easily get him He's very good
2: Ron, not that I think Gus Murray told us about him Yeah Richard Schwartz Dick yeah. Schwartz Dick Schwartz, yeah It's yeah.
3: transformative stuff Really, yeah. really good
2: Yeah. There's a, de- a documentary on Netflix About this um, This guy that was uh, He was a serial rapist himself And uh, But if wait. Goes into his story, um, he was, uh, he grew up in a home where there was a stepfather and the stepfather there was extreme, extreme sexual yeah. abuse on him, right? So he compartment, like when, when he was going through that he just detached himself yeah. completely, yeah. but he developed all these split personalities and he's been interviewed for the rape but the, the adult is gone and these different people have overtaken, they have overridden the system. Mm -hmm. and he's gone and there was one of one of the personalities that he had was a sadistic fella and he was into sexual violence and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and he was the main pilot that used to come to the forefront he was committing all these horrible sexual acts it's mad now like and he's 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 been interviewed and you can see now there was a lot of critics saying that he's only putting it on but there was very credible psychiatrists saying no this is a trauma response that he he went through this extreme rape over years in a barn he was tied up and in that he just started to de- the, the 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 adult the, the conscious about him just was buried in the back and he created all these different people to cope with yeah. that and then that into his adult life he was gone. And he was yeah. piloted by other people yeah it's mad
3: i think they're saying that if the you know if it's so overwhelming for the child to be in that experience they'll literally leave their body and they'll associate with the mm. perpetrator because it's safer than being yeah. overwhelmed in my own body to become somebody else and
2: yeah it's mad isn't it uh, are you married part of you got no, kids or and look that? God. that's why i come to cork and that's yeah, why i do you so find much. women in Cork. tell you <laughs> that no <laughs> you <laughs> Yeah, uh, is your is your life busy at the moment?
3: Yeah, it's. It, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm really grateful just to be out of the pandemic because know. my sort of passions are doing these w- doing these talks, traveling, and jujitsu. And those three things disappeared during the pandemic. So, just finding myself again. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of struggles for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I was two years in my house, really. You yeah, know, not know. getting to do what I loved, mm. and I have all the tools, and still struggled quite a bit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm conscious of compassion i suppose for people around me in terms yeah. of reintegrating into yeah. normal life yeah.
2: are you a little bit nervous to start the talks again tomorrow night uh
3: i was in galway last week yeah. and that was kind of a little Our bit nerve-wracking but uh, uh, then i went to home hometown. yeah yeah so doing home is always an interesting one but it went really well and then dublin and belfast so it's t- t- public speaking is a funny one right because mm. it's mm. the biggest fear i think we have is the fear of judgment and you're stood up there for two and a half hours but when i when i do it it was funny, Linda Hill, who's uh, Willa's partner, you know Yeah, her, that's right, yeah. I was wi- Linda was beside me before going on in Dublin the other night, and I said, Linda, why, do I f- why the fuck do I do this? Why couldn't I get a nine-to-five because I, I was sitting around all day? And she came up to me at the end when everyone was buzzing, and she said, that's why you do it, that's mm, why you do it. And yeah. I said, I feel so alive.
2: Isn't it a great honor, though, when people pay yeah. sort of pay money to come to see you? Ah, amazing. Isn't it unreal? Isn't like? it
4: they're going to get help You're going to give them information That will change their lives And that's the way I look at it I've I've been to people I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. George Spencer Yeah, of course, yeah uh, His work saved my life Wow His work And me putting the work in mm. I put the work in, you know Because I was in a really, really Bad state of depression a few years ago And I went to I, His name came into my in, Into my life And I, I researched him I bought his online courses up every morning, half four, visualize that person, that healthy human being whose mental health was good. It brought my energy up, and I lived in that energy frequency where I was that human being. And I tell you now to this day, it's still there. Wow. It's still there. And I was down here. I went to a healer, and he taught me my energy was 4%. He, he, no. That makes sense to me because I was completely consumed with depression. Mm. Completely hated myself and thought I was the worst human being on the planet, you know. And um, my life changed, you know. So people like you, Jordan Spencer, us, Lion Boy. There's so many mm. different people. We give people information mm. through having others on our podcasts or whatever, and it changes people's lives. Mm. Because if you look up to somebody. You know, if you think that they have something that you want and you're inspired by them, Mm. you're going to listen to them and you're going to act on whatever they say. Mm. And that's what happened to me, you know, happened to James, you know. So I think it's amazing.
3: And I think hearing it from different voices, right? Like I'm kind of shy and introverted, and I think some people will relate to that, and others will relate to the bigger characters. And um, some amazing stories. Last week, there was a lady, probably in her 70s or 80s, came up at the end and she said, I've lost my husband. My house is gone. haven't worked in years. Lost everything. But she goes, now I see I can do anything. And there was a, there was family's message and saying we went home with our teenage son and we never chatted so much as we did on the way home. And just all these, I'm starting to see the ripple effect of, yeah. of, of, um, it's not, it's not about setting goals and stuff. like It's not what it was for me 10 years ago. I used to teach people how to set goals and stuff. Yeah. like now it's like, how do we create safety in ourselves? How do we create safety in our environments? Mm-hmm. How do we make people feel enough, um, Anthony DeMello's got a great quote, I, lo- I love Anthony DeMello, yeah. De and he talked about, you know, I wanted to change for years, and I just couldn't change, and everyone around me was telling me to change, and he said, eventually I met someone, and they said, don't change, you're perfect the way you are, and he said, in that moment, I relaxed, and I came alive, and suddenly everything changed, Brilliant. And it's that peace on acceptance, and sort of, mm. safety, I think is a big word for me at the moment. When I feel anxious, when I feel stressed, when I feel depressed, when I feel I don't fit in, there's all these signs of danger going on for me, and it's how do I create safety in here, how do I create safety in my relationships, how do I create safety in my environment, um, mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: Over the last few weeks for me there, I've been finding it difficult to sleep, You know, with anxiety and you're talking about that tightness in the chest, mm. and it's just you know when life gets so busy, mm. that's like, it feels like you're constantly, as soon, soon as you want in your eyes, to when you close them at night time, constantly on the and to do something or forgetting something mm. that's a bad place for me to be in because that catches up with me yeah but it's just about now, like try and simplify it again you know yeah. try and get back your evenings try and keep a weekend of the d- a day of the weekend just to you know be with your wife and you know for me I need that time that downtime to just fucking do nothing mm. because when I'm doing that it, 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 I'll do it for a while yeah. and I'll f- I feel like I'm being very productive but that productivity is not good for you, long, not good for me anyway, mm. long term when I start to feel it and I start to put on weight, I start to feel shit and then when I close my eyes at night time and the light goes off then the chest comes at me yeah. and the palpitations and then it brings my attention to my heart yeah. and then that makes it worse, I feel like yeah. something is wrong with me, do you know.
3: And then uh, th- there's no thinking positive from that place mm-hmm. because the body, as far as the body's concerned, is we're in trouble here. We're yeah. not sleeping. There's threats everywhere. That, cause we're, per- I, I went to a psychologist at 28, and she shared an analogy. And she said, we've got this, uh, or you've got a fire alarm in your house. So if there's a fire, the fire alarm goes off because there's danger. But she said, if the fire alarm starts going, you use your toaster or your oven, suddenly it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And so you rip the batteries out mm-hmm. of the wall. And she says, you've also got this anxiety alarm. In case a car pulls out in front of you and you need to jump out of the way. But you said your fire alarm for me at the time Mm. is going off when you see negative comments about yourself, when you see someone, you look at your funny. And when we're in that anxious state or we're tired, our whole world looks different, like a neutral face looks threatening. Mm. or you're set we could be sat here having a conversation if there's a hundred people around us it's hard to focus on the person in front of you because yeah. you hear differently you're picking up on signs yeah. of danger in the background so
2: um we've been going to seminars there a friend of ours does uh, seminars on um the power of positive thinking and laws of attraction and stuff like that and i think they're a good um accompaniment to the books you know but he talks about um your 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 mind or your your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between if something is happening or not happening, if you feel it, it thinks it's real, you know? Yeah. And it's it's the same for when it's a negative. Like I know myself that when I'm lying in bed that I'm not in danger, I'm mm. safe. But my subconscious thinks I'm in trouble and the heart is going and going and going. So it's like if if you feel it, it doesn't matter what you think you have to feel it for it to take effect. Mm. Um but it's just about flipping that then and trying to Get the positive energy into the body. Feel happy. Feel grateful, James. Feel relaxed. Feel content. And then you know, like as you say this, the thinking is no good if you're not feeling it. Mm. Do you know what I mean?
3: And also I think this, the safety piece, so like if you recognize, you know, the feeling piece is going to show you where the danger is. So, you know, I feel tightness in my muscles, that's a sign of danger. I feel my heart rate elevated, that's a sign of danger. I feel dryness in my mouth, that's a sign of danger. My hands are cold, that's a sign of danger. And then how do I create safety? So I breathe deep into my belly, that's one. I feel the back of my body on the, on the bed is two. Two um and, and then you would find others maybe it's smells that you put in the room maybe it's music visual yeah. visual yeah what are the yeah. senses gratitude and for, uh, the vi- be
4: gratitude for yeah. your senses for f- yeah gratitude for sense of smell for, for for being able to see gratitude to be alive
3: it might sound daft but to have it to have a, t- have a teddy bear or a s- thing exactly. comfort, you know no. it's uh you know it's, what it's makes just it
4: so easy you know and yeah. um, i was telling you beforehand that I've a new app on my phone where an alarm goes off three times a day for a breather, ten minute breather session throughout the day. You know, I meditate in the morning, cold shower first thing when I get up every morning. Um I do my affirmations. My affirmations are not things that I want out of the air.
3: You told me you wanted a Lamborghini before we <laughs> picked <press your> the <part. laughs> That's that's different. Yeah.
4: My affirmations are things that will help me to, to grow as a human being so I can help other people to grow as people as well. Mm. You know, it, it, it's about me being more organized, about having more time to give to my family. You know, same as James, pull mm. from pillar to post. You know, but they're all positive things and they're all about, it's all about creating these positive habits. And we also spoke about consistency. Mm. Consist- consistency is the key to anything. Mm. To keep going consistency is behind the habit. It's what makes a habit. It's about getting up every morning, doing that same thing, even though the head is saying, stay in bed for another 10 minutes. You stay in bed for another 10 minutes, you fall asleep. The minute that alarm goes off, the thoughts are going to start coming into your head. Don't even just jump. Just jump up out of the bed. Don't even go into the thought patterns. Get into the shower, into the cold shower. And trust me, after the cold shower, you're going to be grand. You know, it's about that it's about knowing that if you listen to the thoughts the, the, the film like there's going to be talk in the mind is going to be back and forth and back and forth and then the tiredness is going to fit in and the body might be sore and going back into that bed might feel a little bit better than going into a cold shower if you listen to that voice don't listen to it get straight in get the cold shower get down the stairs do your meditation get your bit of paperwork get organised for your day have your breakfast and wake the kids for,
2: the f- mm. for school at seven. They mm. oh, feel like, you're right. after having a productive morning then. That's
4: my morning. That mm. is yeah. my
3: morning every morning. And I think to capture that is really useful, you know, in terms of confidence, developing yeah. confidence. A lot of people think once they reach a certain point there'll be confidence there. And so there's always, it's kind of like moving the goalposts all the time. But I think confidence comes from what you just said, like mm. to reflect on, I just did this, 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 and this. You're mm. like, oh, that's what you've done. Yeah. So it's like, you can't be confident in what you're going to do because yeah. it hasn't happened yet but you can be confident in what you've done so I think in the evening before you go to bed two, three minutes of just jotting down here's what happened today doesn't yeah. have to be a perfect day but there yeah. was progress
2: yeah and it's about yeah it's about progress i just about to touch on that point you know um, over the last as I was saying over the last weeks so weeks a few months have been very busy you know but I was looking you know I've um, a Garmin smart here so when I do an activity I, lo- I log a walk with the dogs or a workout in the gym and I was looking last night, it was Sunday, today's is Monday, isn't it? Mm. Today's Tuesday, so at the weekend, I was looking and it uploads to Strava and Garmin, you know. but I've been to the gym, I'd say, five days a week for the last two months. Yes. And I was like, do you know what, you're doing you're doing okay with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd been very inactive for about two years because of different injuries I'd been had, and now I'm going to the gym and I'm lifting the weights consistently now and I'm not really feeling no pain. And it's, all, it's just about, like, when you do little things like that, Um, it's just building new habits and now, like, trying to get put that momentum and channel it into an issue I'm having at the moment is the opposite of what you're doing in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I just I, I get up, right? Gillian gets up a little bit before me, so when I come down, she have got a cup of coffee ready for me. She's going out the door the saying, there right. And then I, I just put on YouTube and before I know it. The hour has gone, yeah. And then we watch a video, and then I'm rushing out the door. Do you know is, what I mean? Is it on the phone or the laptop? You're on using? the telly. Do you know what I smart got? Smart TV. I don't know if you can do on what the smart TV. Videos? Just uh, usually kind of wellness stuff, gym oh, stuff, nutrition, yeah. that type of stuff. Do you know?
3: I got some plugin on the computer recently and it just kills the YouTube feed. So you can only search. So it gets rid of all the suggested videos. Mm. And it's amazing because you have to think. Like, I, you yeah. know, if you don't have to think, you just be clicking <laughs> for the day. But this, you're like, Jesus, there's nothing else to find. Like, there's a yeah. billion, billion videos there which yeah. you're like, fuck.
2: I know. <laughs> I, don't I don't have pencils, that don't <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want want have that YouTube. problem
4: because I just... I, I, I don't have time For any of that I'd stuff. have a
3: few PhDs now If I could give back My time
2: on YouTube I know yeah, yeah.
4: Art box sets And fucking yeah. All these Netflix yeah. things I don't
2: watch them then Yeah Gillian loves all the TV Stuff like that now But um, Even Because of the YouTube My My concentration Isn't what I used to be either mm. Do you know like It's mm. short and snappy content And if uh, I find this I don't know I'm tr- I am tried to watch st- I started watching something There no when mm-hmm. Sky um, We own the city It's by the creators of, um, what's that, Baltimore? The Wire. Okay, yeah. And it's about corrupt police in Baltimore City. So two episodes into that, now I'm enjoying that. We're trying to detox myself. Social media, uh, you were asking us about social media beforehand. I hate fucking social media. Because, you know, I I don't know the TikTok and I got rid of it after the day. Because I just feel less intelligent when I put down the phone. I feel like I had to waste in time. And it's just we have a social media manager, you now, Grace and Ron puts up, uh, creates content for us as well. Like we have content, it's just about scheduling, you no. Know, but social media, YouTube, these things, I find them toxic for my mind, mm. and I don't feel good after it at all. Mm.
4: And and that's
2: that's that's
4: normal, it Gems Like you know, uh, if a lot of people feel that way, mm. but a lot of people are consumed with social media as well. I know. You know a lot of people and I see it and I see it in my own home I see it people like to flick and people like to take themselves away from actually what's going on within themselves mm. and that's the way of doing it it's a yeah. great way of doing it yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's you don't feel good after it though it, it, you don't but you, you have awareness to know no it's up yeah. to you to make that change yeah. it's up to you now to say right if I'm feeling like this I don't want to feel like this mm. so what do I do I stop yeah. that's it you have to make the decision No, we have to do bits and pieces yeah. for what we do here because we like I do meditations and I try to help people and how to meditate and give them a bit of a guidance or whatever and mm-hmm. James is, does a lot with services and books and stuff like that it's there and we have to look at that all of us have to look at that as in like do you know what we're not on social media what we're doing is we're making content to help people Mm. and if we can look at it as in like that it's fine because I was never on social media in my life Pat mm. never
2: are you good with social media Pat it came
3: naturally yeah it did come naturally to me early on Um but I've I've lost the graph for it in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it suited me in my twenties because again my twenties were very much about uh, validation and approval. But now yeah. I'm just like, geez, if I'm out for a walk and I'm enjoying the walk, it wouldn't dawn on me to be taking pictures of my walk. Do you know I what know I mean? All. It's just uh, it's just I not know. in that headspace anymore. But like yourselves, I'll, I'll I'll video content. I'll video tomorrow night's talk in Cork, and if the, if if any of it's decent, we'll pull a few clips and we'll put that up yeah. for the next few months. And yeah, um, yeah I. I don't yeah. know, even the people I admire the most, I don't think I'm going to learn much from their social media accounts. I might learn mm. from a podcast, but what can you learn from, yeah. you
4: know? No, and that's, th- and that's the problem. It's just, it's just as James said, It's just doesn't make sense anymore. Mm. It doesn't make sense to be... It just doesn't feel right in here. Yeah. The, only,
2: the only good thing about social media is a good way to promote yourself. It's yeah. free. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you couldn't... Like years ago, you'd have to pay mm. a marketing company to put out your content for you, but now you could just create your own content. Do you know what I mean? And it's a good way to build your brand, build your profile. You know, market your product. If we can call this mm. a product, even though I hate that type of language, mm. because we're, we want to help people and not sell anything to them. Um, but it's finding the balance then of like it's serving you, um. You don't have to solve it. There's this thing in, in the philosophy of technology technology is always supposed to be just an extension of something you have already. So, like uh, a walking stick will help you balance, you can balance already, but just to help you with that, you know. A phone is there to help you to speak to somebody, you can speak to somebody already, it just helps you to speak to somebody that's further away, mm. you know. So, social or technology is supposed to help something you already have to just do it a little bit better or whatever more conveniently. But it gets to a the stage then where you're the one that's actually serving the social media. When it's taken from you but like social, it's
4: the, all these all these different social media like uh the Google or the Facebook and Twitter, they're all made to suck in. They're all made to keep you honest. Yeah. All these beep noises that come in from messages, they're all hitting the dope mean like ah hmm. Do you ever I I I was at home there. there uh, and no, it's no, it's 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 no offense. No, it, no, <laughs> no offense, no to anybody that watches this Love Island,
2: right? <laughs> shall, um, I, shall I
4: leave now? <laughs> There's no offense to it, but listen, if I was sitting at home and I was trying to read a book, and I don't, I try my best to read it at the best of points, but my wife had um, Love Island, and no, she'd bait me to when she hears hears me. She had a Love Island, on, and the next to all I Harley heard was, "I got a text, I got a text," <laughs> and I looked at the headlines and I he says, "What the fuck is going on? Really? Like, what's going on? Like, if..."
3: <laughs> I hope your social media manager pulls that little clip now for the. <laughs> oh, you know, we have
2: to hashtag Island and Timmy. I got a text. <laughs> text.
4: Right, to be looking at them. These are people. These are grown human beings. Like, and they're like. We
2: should do it no do you know, context my
4: to me long, and I know she wouldn't behave in that, that way, like
2: you know. And she's just mad, It's just mad, uh, you know? <laughs> like, do you ever see <laughs> them Twitter pages, no context and something? Yeah, yeah. no <laughs> context to me long, and he says, I gotta think, <laughs> I gotta. Think. Oh, I
4: often picture myself, I often say, Jesus Christ, what would you do now if you we were on that? What would you actually do? Yeah. i definitely have him kicked to death <laughs> yeah. there was a girl
2: on it the other day I felt I, my, <laughs> my wife watches dude. it as well but there was Is a girl she? on it the other day right and there was, oh, God, there was let, let's say there was eight men and nine women and they all had to partner up and there was this one girl left out I felt fucking terrible for her yeah. it's actually like it's I well, can't wa- no exactly I right.
3: they don't exactly want they they
2: but one minute no, Ron. That's when right, right. we got right. that.
4: The, other, the <laughs> other side of it as well. You've all these people on, right? And they have different bits of their bodies, f- parts done, you know, and Botox and muscles and all this. You know, there's a lot of children watching this and teenagers. Is this how, how, how it's supposed to look? Yeah. Is this how you have to look? This to the te- dark side of the social media you then, you know? This, that's, that's, that's all we're saying. Like, yeah. And uh, like we see so many. You no, know, there's a podcast and this. So many people are going around the place thinking that what we see on the outside of them is, is, is how we we reflect them and how we we judge them, but it's mm. not, it's mm. not, you know, and people, and more and more people are getting worked onto their their faces and their boobs and their bums and whatever else, mm. and you know, or even, like, men are doing things you now like that, 20 years ago, if, if they'd done it, you'd probably... Yeah. You're getting an off and slagging, just yeah. let's say that, you know. But uh, times are changing, and I know we have to roll with the times. But then again, mm. what kind of what what are we showing people that you know you have to look this way? Mm. To we're always looking be for
2: external stuff mm. to make you feel a little bit better, do you know. There's yeah. a
3: book called Psycho Cybernetics, it's an interesting one, it's yeah. decades old, very good. But uh, your mum was a plastic surgeon now this is before kind of cosmetic surgery this was like war-torn kind of people that had gotten faces destroyed and stuff but he was giving people surgery to give them a new lease on life kind of thing but he noticed that irrespective of the surgeries people still felt awful afterwards so Mm -hmm. he said oh must be an internal thing so then he went into the the kind of inner world and he started doing that work so it's a good book in terms of like how we see ourselves we all have a Mm self-image right so i was kind of curious that made their made their faces perfect in theory but the the internal yeah. S- sounds interesting. interesting, yeah. Mm.
4: But and and that's an old book, is
3: it? Right? Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's the '60s. I think if you read any personal development book now, it'll kind of be. Sta- it'll it'll have some kind of. Yeah. It'll have come from that in but some
2: in way. In, in uh, the addiction world, then we talk about like, um, I- in in line with that, if you're in addiction, your life is falling down around you. But then you could be wearing lovely clothes, have a fresh haircut, mm. but it doesn't mean anything. It's only appearance. And that's what's on the inside that matters. Mm. And uh, like you when you're in addiction, you might think that if I have a nice apartment and a nice girlfriend and a nice job, everything will be okay. But it's not. And when you start going in and working on yourself from the inside out, all that stuff comes into your life naturally. when you're in a good place to receive it but when you're not in a good place to receive it you try to make that happen with your will and it falls down every time like a stack of cards Mm -hmm. or you know you get a few feet up and then you fall down a few feet but when you work on yourself and me and Timmy would talk about this as well like when you do the psychotherapy the meditation the 12 steps the treatment centres or whatever it is you do and you work on yourself then Know, no, no, now you just have to put in work, but the college degrees come, the houses come, the cars come, the businesses come, mm. the podcasts come, the awards come, mm. with minimal effort really, like, yeah. do you know what I mean, but when you're in a place to receive it, it'll happen for you, do you know, but when you're not in a good place, you try to make it happen with your will, this is a very difficult place to be. <coughs> We're not here, like,
4: I, I, I'm not trying to give people our time and tell people what to do with their bodies or anything like that, none of us here are, you
2: know, but... The only we reason we don't have turkey tea is because we can't afford them. <laughs> <laughs> but
5: it's very,
4: it's, it's very important as well, James, just to to, to l- let some people know that... You're good enough, you f- from within, you yeah. know, and everybody's perfect in their own way. You know, nobody needs to do anything to themselves. You know, yeah. great, go to the gym, get physically fit. Mm. Look after your body. You n- we need to look after our bodies. You know, this is the vessel that carries yeah. us around and... and the more we look after this, the longer we'll have on this planet, you know, to live a fulfilled life and, yeah. and to, to, to meet our purpose on this planet, you know, and that's the way I look at it.
3: I think it's all about process, isn't it, in both of what you're saying, like there's the process of working toward things, the process of improving my body versus going through a surgeon and changing overnight. Yeah. It's kind of the, I'll, that's back to the I'll be happy when story. Yeah. But mm. uh, when, we, when we chase something, I don't know. it's momentary
4: it's it's, it's, like we with a guy on there recently talking about gambling (laughs) like gambling is probably the biggest chase you can get you know Mm. it's just about like you lose you go chase 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 it's the same thing it's it's, it's the exact same thing you're addicted to chase and that picture that where you look Mm. like the model or perfect person or whatever you know
2: Ron. Pat wrote a book, John Lockdown. Fair pleasure, Pat.
3: Thank you. You're next, boys. I
2: know yeah, next. We, we'll be writing a book soon now, thankfully. for Fair pleasure. You wrote that yourself.
3: Yeah, that was kind of the cu- culmination, I suppose, of the last 10 years. So, from the time I left the fitness industry to now. so A lot of wisdom. Uh, hopefully yeah hope it's just relatable and sort of
2: and it's a practical kind of a self-help book isn't yeah,
3: it? yeah it's got weekly journaling prompts meditations and kind of self-help exercises so uh, yeah it's what we've talked about throughout that kind of idea of it's not about fixing yourself or changing yourself it's about understanding yourself mm. on a deeper level recognising these parts mm. uh, recognising your sub-personalities and just yeah, uh, yeah we could spend our lives looking at Love Island and understanding more about them and about mm. footballers than we do ourselves or we could yeah. give a bit of time to Curiosity,
2: yeah, and we link the book in the description of the podcast. Uh, if people want to follow you, I'll get in touch. How do they do that? Uh,
3: second, second best podcast in the country, the Bath podcast. Yeah. Very good, very good. <laughs> well, on part. Uh, the Love Islands, the first best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm on Instagram at patdivoli and patdively.com is my website. So appreciate well. you having me on boys. Mm-hmm. Pleasure talking,
2: chat, and I look forward to going to your workshop tomorrow night. So yeah, yeah we'll we be on our best behavior. <laughs> God bless and we <laughs> see everybody next Thanks.
5: week.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better. Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.